Hi, it's episode 29 of the Selling Sessions, a podcast all about how to sell your business by the people who could buy it. This week we have a very special guest, Maria Rigue of Awesome Sales and Marketing, which is a digital marketing consultancy for the Nordic market, but based out of Thailand. Maria is joined by Fraser Kirk, Joe Eismont and Paul McGilvery, all of United Capital, where we have a conversation about all things marketing. That includes conversations about the importance of internal comms, going back to basics, and also discussing some of the big news in the marketing world over the past couple of weeks. It's a great episode and we hope you enjoy. Yeah, so, so my name is Maria and I'm Norwegian living in Vietnam. We, Me and my business partner, we decided to make an online business because we want to move somewhere warmer. So we moved from cold Norway to Vietnam and we scale our business now to a team of 18 people from, from zero. And I, I really like the question about how to sell your business because my expertise is about building business around your knowledge. And a lot of our clients... They have no idea. They like there's not in their thought that they could sell their business because they are the face, because they are the knowledge. But I do think that there's it's still possible, and there's a lot of things you can do in in building the business and developing a team that makes you able to have a business that you can sell. And yeah, we can go more into that later. Yeah, it's it's really quite topical just now. I mean, how anyone can actually take that business to the next level as well. So it's. You know, doing that in a digital marketing strategy is something that you know everyone is uh, is is quite um, in the modern world quite cognizant of now. So you know, but again, sometimes it goes down to the the sort of basics, and you know that's why we talk quite a lot on on this podcast about relationships. You know, why why do you think they're so important? I do think that people buy from people, even though you have a business and it has a name, and it has like its own relations to the clients, but people still buy from people. So there's, it's really important to build relations between people in the company and the potential clients, and also between the company's name. And for us, I think one of the most important things that we have done and that we also recommend the people to do is to really, really work on the values. And it sounds, when I say it, it sounds maybe very like, of course it's obvious you need to have values, but actually yeah. having a business that stands for something that is visible for something that is that is different from the competitors with the way you interact with the clients the way you interact in between like with, between people in the company so i think i think the human relations are it's the baseline of everything and if you if you don't focus on it if you don't think of that as important you have a problem <laughs> yeah yeah, very much so. I mean, I, I, we we do stress it quite a lot on the podcast because you know one of the the key uh, the key things is is having the right team of people you know mm. uh, along with you on your journey because different people bring different expertise and um, and different ways of looking at things as well. And of course, doing that, you try and cover all the blind spots. You try and make sure that uh, you're headed in the right direction as well. So relationships are are really important. Uh, we we uh, we certainly stress that. Uh, so tell us about uh, sort of different types of digital marketing for those that are perhaps not as uh, you know as experienced in the field. Yeah. So so there are a lot of ways, of course, to use digital marketing. And my expertise is how you get 
people to, into a funnel. So it means like a sales marketing system where you where you give some free content, you you give them some more value, then you maybe try to sell them something, then you have like a journey where where they where they buy more from you. So that that's my expertise. But we spend quite a lot of money on paid advertising. And I do think that for most businesses today, paid advertising is definitely a way that you create the relationship, that you show yourself towards the potential clients. And, and it is really important that you ask the question about relationships first, because sometimes we see that people think about like a Facebook, Facebook ad and they just think about an ad, but that's actually the start of that relationship. So with everything you do in digital marketing, we can talk a lot about like the nitty gritty and how to do it, but it is about building relationships. And it, of course, that starts with knowing who you are, what you stand for, how you can help people, uh, how your business is different from your competitors. And all of that is, is important. So, but finding the ways, so of course, it starts with finding where your clients are. So for different businesses, different types of businesses, your clients will be in different places. And, and we use a lot of money on Facebook marketing and Facebook ads is, is, I would say, maybe crucial to all business because there are so many people on Facebook. But of course, there's also different platforms. And we also, um, it's also the organic, like the, the, the just being visible and, and talking to people and having them interact with, with whatever you put out there. And, and we talk a lot about, or my, my expertise is knowledge-based businesses, but I think even businesses that don't say, sell knowledge, they should focus on delivering value through their knowledge, through their expertise, teaching people about things that they didn't know that is actually increasing the buying temperature. And that is what, like for me, that's what digital marketing is about, is, is really about being out there, being visible in front of the right clients and, and then talking about things that people want to know. So they learn something, so they feel engaged, so that they feel inspired and that they want to take the next step. Yeah, I mean, I've seen that Gary V put up, you know, about brand, you know, is everything, you know, brand and values, you know, Fraser, I, I know that you, you talk about these things as well, Joe, what, what, what are your guys' thoughts about, you know, brand and values and being able to set yourself apart from the competition? That's, that's the starting point for everything. And, and, and for my, for my own, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, my, my, my view on it is that um, I think, Marketing is one of these spaces where there's always going to be a lot of new words um, it's a creative space. It's a creative industry. And by virtue yeah. of us marketers sitting around, we like to make up new words for things. Um, <laughs> so there is a lot of them. And I think for certainly for our core um, mark, they're really quite inexperienced with this stuff. And it, it becomes quite daunting to them because they just don't get it and they feel a bit stupid because they don't understand the words and I suppose the reality is a lot of marketers don't understand some of these new words because we we put a new face on things quite regularly and you know and, the, and Paul you, you've, you've mentioned digital marketing I think we're at the stage now we just call it marketing um, yeah. it's been around for a long time but by giving it a different name we kind of cast off the learnings we've had from you know the hundreds and thousands of years worth of marketing that we've been doing marketing and sales we've been doing and ultimately the rules are the same the principles are always the same and and maria that's to to know yourself is the first step to then sell yourself or your business and i can link it back to going to school if you've got nothing to say about yourself and you don't know, I like football or, you know, I, 
I like to hang about with people who are loud or who are quiet or I like to wear fancy clothes that nobody else wears. If you don't know these things, there's not really much to you. And I think other people quite quickly move on and they're not interested by you or intrigued by you. And they kind of move on then to someone else or the fact that you're quiet and reserved might be exactly what someone's looking for. So to know yourself in your own business is critically important before you can then expect anybody else to know your business. Um, so yeah. that, that kind of inward looking part is really important. And for business owners who haven't done that for a while, it, it, it's maybe time to have a little think about it. And this isn't rocket science. It's, you know, give yourself an hour where you have a coffee and you can just have a think about your business. What is it? Mm. Who are we? What's the culture, et cetera? And I think you'll be a lot further down the road just for just for giving yourself a bit of brain space to have that thought about it. Yeah, and even for digital marketing, because more and more people are, yeah, digital marketing is marketing. I agree with that. But more and more people, for example, let's use Facebook ad as an example, more and more people want to pay Facebook to, to show their ads. And that means the marketplace is getting more competitive. And that means you need to be different because the yes. people need to have a reason to choose you, to click your ads, to go into your thing. And it starts with knowing who you are and it starts with knowing your values. And it also starts with owning how you're different. And and we work with people that that have to sell themselves in front of a camera and people are like, yeah, but I'm not extrovert, so I can't do it. But but if you are an introvert, that's that's why people want you. Like you will get the people that like that calmer energy or the like the, that way of explaining things. And yeah. it is the same even if you are a one person business or if you are a like hundred or thousand people person business that business has some soul and some values and some ways of doing things and and very often in digital marketing it is just about having like a creative idea on how you can show that in a new way yeah joe, joe, joe i think you probably you'd be great for you to jump in here on that kind of personality type and how that fits with both selling yourself and your business yeah so i've just been thinking as you're talking i spent a lot of years in learning and development sector so that is very much everything there is about people and taking into account the preferences of an extrovert, the preferences of an introvert and being quite intentional about who you're talking to and in what way they might want to hear your message. So when I came into United Capital and Blue Line and I felt a bit all at sea because it was a completely different sector and I felt you know, that I was really trying to catch up on knowledge about the sector, Actually, there is no difference because it is person to person every time, whether we're writing a blog, a news article, website content or a tweet, you know, it's there's a person on the other end who wants to hear that message. Um, I was actually reading a thing not long ago about um, a brand being like a broccoli. <laughs> so, the you know, the your entire brand is captured in, if you think of the whole broccoli, but the tiniest little flora as well should also encapsulate your brand if you break this down into all of the smallest parts and so that's what I think you know when I'm writing a tweet I don't dash it off because it's just a tweet there's an intention behind there and you're trying to move people along um, in terms of what they know about your organization um, so there there is intention behind it but you also just have to be a person you know and if you want to read your content <laughs> if you enjoy creating it then you can kind of have a sense that there's someone on the other end who's going to be interested to read it yeah. Well, and the, well, beauty, the, the beauty of this stuff now is that 
the, the, the more technical systems that we use in digital marketing, and um, so your Google ads, Facebook ads, etc., they are now so much more advanced than they were, you know, when they first came around, and that actually you have to write things like a human being that people want to read. You can't stuff keywords into things and hide things. There's not really as many tricks as there used to be um, to, to either boost your rankings or be visible to more people. It, it really, they're clever enough to know we need people to, to see something that connects with them. Mm. And if a business can do that, we are going to score it higher and show it to more people and, and, and you know, create better awareness there. So it's great that those systems have caught up with the way that humans communicate. So actually, it's a bit easier now if, if you aren't a marketer that you just speak like a human being and, you know, you should be okay. Yeah, I agree. I hate this. There's always this sense that there's some mystical thing that happens behind this veil and it's not really true, you know, and it's a lot of it is just, um, it's just obvious, you know, talk to people, engage them, you know, there isn't a huge big secret, which I maybe shouldn't say, but it's true. <laughs> but it's important to say it anyway, because, because there are a lot of people that go into the trap of thinking that it is a mystical thing and thinking that it, there is a special way to do it and there, and and they sound like I'm writing an ad, like I'm writing an ad, like because I'm I'm writing an ad. And it is about the communication, and it is about the relationships, and it is about all the things we talked about. And yeah, that's I love this <laughs> this discussion. Yeah, also, funnily we, enough, it's something we had. Uh, we have a, a an ongoing argument in our business um, about the word cheap, so inexpensive, <laughs> cheap, and they don't like it. Now I like it because the customer likes it. And the people we're selling the product to, in particular the product, they like it because they use that word. Mm. But the business doesn't really like it because they feel it it devalues what they do. And, and that's sometimes quite a trade-off between marketing and between the kind of operational aspect of the business. That because they don't use that language, they struggle sometimes to accept that the customer uses that language. And I think that comes back to... That, that next step step after knowing yourself is to really know your customers. Mm. And those customers can be put into many, many different groups and you can speak to them differently in different places um, to, create, to, to kind of maximize the impact of your marketing. And ultimately it can be the same product you're selling, but you're mm. selling it in many different ways. And um, I think it's it's certainly something that we experience at an operational level that um, because they are only who they are, if the message doesn't resonate with them, they think it's not the right message, which as we know, isn't the case because the customers are all different. And this is also so, this is also real important, and because because that's also something that we easily do because we are in our own worldview all the time, and we are in our own vocabulary and the way we we talk about things. So it is crucial, as you're saying, to actually talk to the clients and know what words they are using and know what words they are liking and actually using those words because that's how you make your marketing effective. Because I can talk forever about all my and using all my like marketing terms, but if nobody understands me, I, I won't create any relation and I won't have the sales. I won't get any attention either because people will think I'm maybe nerdy or not interesting. So it is about being re relevant to your clients and you do that by knowing what how your clients talk and what they're into and what they're curious about and what they want to learn and what they don't know so that you can teach them that.
of this kind of, of, of marketing in this day and age is that it can be changed in an instant. You know, we could say economical, inexpensive, one week, find it's not working and change it to cheap. And, and we can see a lift there. So these nothing is set in stone. And sometimes people have a bit of a panic that once you put something out into the world, um, it's there forever, you know, but we don't need to behave in that way. We can change things and, and, and pivot based on what the data shows us. Yeah, and I, I would I, say that's also one of the magical thing about digital marketing is it is easier to change and you can test much more different things. If you were producing like a huge billboard thing that was going to sit in London yeah. for three months, like you had to put a lot of thoughts in it. But in this yeah. age, the age that we're in now, it is about testing new things, like trying out new ideas and see how it works. And then you know if it works and then you can scale. And if it doesn't work, then you try something else. And yeah. yeah. I, th I think quite famously, uh, Microsoft did something similar with their their first Windows package. They just sent it out. They knew there was bugs in it, but they sent it out as it was anyway. They knew it was 100%. But the reason that they done that is that you know they knew that they would work out the bugs as as and when it when it came out. And of course, you know it, it, it sounds like you know obviously in the marketing side, that's exactly right. You know you, you put it out there, you you see what what uh, what the the view is on the content, and then you tweak it uh, as as in when you you build your audience and build your customer base and things like that as well so and then you get to know your customers like joe was saying earlier you know know your customers um, and and that then you know that that two-way uh, two-way dialogue is then you know it, it going to be boding well for for future content and as you refine as you tweak you could then subdivide almost your customer base into various different niches to get the particular product out to them as well so I think one of the key things here is, you know, that's there's potential pitfalls there. If you're not listening to your customers, you're not engaged uh, with uh, with the business owners, for example, as well. You know, breakdowns in communications. What other sort of potential pitfalls uh, can sellers uh, try and uh, avoid, basically? Yeah, and Paul, Paul, you've raised a good point there. And Maria, I'd like to ask you this, because you, you support other businesses with their, their sales and marketing um, and, and get them to the point. Do you experience the these these people that, that you work with, the, the business owners um, or, or managers in the business, having a bit of a fear sometimes with putting themselves out there, especially when it comes to more kind of personal-led brand? Um, so either appearing on a video or saying something publicly, and how do you help them get over that fear? Oh, how much time do Good we have? <laughs> <laughs> yes, def definitely. That's that's a huge fear for people to put themselves in front of a camera to be visible. And of course, like I know because I'm in my own experience as well. You have to you have to like yourself to put yourself out there without being like too fearful about what other people will say. So so we have. And, and I talk a lot about mindset. And of course, you know that because you talk about selling businesses and, and selling businesses and, and building businesses is 80% about mindset. And we can talk about marketing strategies and I can talk a lot more about it, but it's only 20%. But if you could, because if you aren't daring to try things, if you aren't daring to put that video out, if you aren't daring to scale your budget, if you aren't daring to, to hire the first person or to think about how you can get yourself out of the business, all that will just keep you at a certain level. So it is, and, and I do think that it's it's great that you ask the questions because being an entrepreneur, being a business owner is, is the best form for personal development. My first, actually the first time I've worked in an entrepreneurial company, my boss said that, 
entrepreneurship is the best form for personal development. And I totally agree because you kind of get everything that is like that you can't really handle. You get it back in your face like 10 times bigger. So so it is this process of of daring to do the first steps. And I I don't think there's a magical solution to it, but the, the solution is just to do the small things even if they feel uncomfortable. So it is about taking the next step. So if you've never been in front of the camera, turn on the camera and start talking to it. And if you never put money on Facebook ads, then use a small budget and put, the, put it on Facebook ads and see what happens. And then the next time it feels uncomfortable if you double the budget, then you do that and then you get more resilient. Yeah, I, I think, think that's, that's a great way to do it, actually. I think, um, you know, and ultimately someone has to take that step and, you know, it starts at the top. The leader needs to do it. And in, in our space, the construction sector, um, there's not many willing participants to go on camera or or even have their photograph taken. Um, so it is a, it's a wrestling match between us and them quite often. And we have... You can only play with the, the the clubs that you have, the the tools that you have to do the job, and they need to be willing to do it. We can't force them, so we we essentially coach them along, and we'll do bits, and we'll you know they'll then get comfortable with it, and then we'll try something extra, um, and we are constantly lifting them out of their um, their comfort zone, because um, you can't you can't do it all at the same time, or they just they close off. And that's not helpful for us because we need the engagement of the the operational team internally um, to allow us to more effectively do our job and be visible to the world. Because we are not the visible part of the business as a marketer. We shouldn't be. Um, sometimes no, we have to be because no one else wants to. Um, so we have to become the extrovert. Um, but, you know, we, we do need them to become more visible. And that's a process. Um, and we need to help them with it. Yeah, and I agree. And and I also think that that as a business owner, you can have other people doing the sales and marketing for you. But yeah. everything that you do, that when you actually put your face on camera, when you actually talk about what you're passionate about and why you started the business and what like where we're going and all of that, it's much more powerful than all of the that what the other people can do. So so we have people come to us and they're like, I want to hire someone to do my sales and marketing. And we can, we we tell them, yeah, you can, but it's probably not as effective. So I'm not saying you shouldn't have other people help you because you should. But also as business owners, I think we have a if we're taking our business seriously, then we should go through that discomfort of actually putting ourselves out there because it is actually very very effective in the relationship building in the marketing in everything that we do yeah and i think that the best example of that is richard branson and his virgin brands and that he is as much as he is very effective he is absolutely not the best person at speaking in his business he won't he can't be because he's he is a creative guy he's all over the place he jumps around and he very often puts his foot in it and makes mistakes and says things that he shouldn't say or speaks it you know a bit out of turn but he's the man at the top of that business he is the face of that business like it or, or not and he is used to great effect because it's his business and everyone knows it's his business so you know they probably could have avoided some of the pr mistakes that they've had over the years but he's a lovable guy, so people let him away, let him away with it, and and that's become part of the brand. And and he's put himself out there. I think he quite likes being the limelight, to be fair. But um, I think it's he's a good example of it that 
you don't have to be completely polished to be the, the face of the business. And actually, yeah. often it's better not to be polished. Yeah, he'll have set the internal culture there too. And Maria, I suppose the the interesting thing is that we're we're buying in businesses, we're bringing businesses in. Um, so we sort of on the other end, and we um one of the things that strikes me quite a lot is is how much work we also need to support with kind of internal marketing of of the sale. You know, you're you're bringing people together into a group that they've never been part of before, and quite often. You know, we don't have we, we have leaders of companies who have built a business up from scratch themselves. Um, they've spent their entire lives working in this business and they haven't done any work on themselves because they haven't had the time. They've been building this business up to a point, you know. Um, and so we get that and, and they need to sort of engage their people and, and show why it's why this is the right move. Um, and so that's something that we need to support with too. It's not just external marketing. There's a bit of internal culture, sort of development, um, internal comm stuff that we support with as well. And construction industry is a bit, um, can be a little bit staid and people don't like to uh, make a kind of show of themselves and, and, and seem like they want the limelight. And actually we're always pushing them just that little bit further, you know, into the limelight. And actually this is the right thing for because your people need to see that from you, that you're excited about it so they can be excited about it. How, how do you help those, Maria, who, who are really quite shy away from the, 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 the limelight then? Do you, how, how do you get them to, to come out that shell? I just, I'm, I'm my, my personal strategy is just telling them what's the worst thing that can happen or asking them what's the worst thing that can happen. If you put a live video on Facebook and it's horrible, then you won't get thousands of viewers. <laughs> you will get two. And then, so, so people <laughs> won't see it. And you never, you, you, you don't become an expert if you don't try. And there are a lot of ways that you can try without pushing, like put, publishing yourself all out to the world. You can, you can go live, you can create a video in a small group with two friends and your mom, or <laughs> there are so many ways to get started. And, and sometimes people have also very unrealistic expectations for themselves to be really good at something that they haven't practiced. And it is about practice. It's all about practice. So, so just the taking the first step and the first steps feels most uncomfortable because that's when you don't know anything about it. If you've done, after you've done it 10 times, you start to feel more comfortable. So it is really this this just pushing people I, I recognize what you're saying about pushing people to to actually take those first steps and start doing it even if it's even if they don't want to and then then look at the end goal what's the reason because the thing in itself can feel uncomfortable but if there's a good reason to do it people will more likely do it yeah I think there's there's been quite a lot of uh, focus on you know like personal brands as well recently and and that goes all the way up to, to huge global black brands like Facebook. So, you know, it, it recently, you know, this just just announced, you know, Facebook are, are changing their their brand um, to to Meta, and you can see some of the, the the good reasons for that, where they see that Facebook will eventually go into the virtual, uh, you know, virtual uh, reality type uh, space. And um, and of course, there's a lot of potential there as well. So you can see where they're trying to transition the business. But, you know, will the brand change be a good thing? I mean, I, I remember not too long ago, uh, Royal Mail changed to Consignia and that was a bit of a disaster that they then had to rever reverse back. Do you think Facebook will do the same thing? Oh, that's a hard question to ask. <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not a fortune teller. I, I definitely see the reasons why they're doing it and because they they're kind of lifting their their 
managing of the company and the company that owns things out from the because now Facebook app is the Facebook app that people are using and that's also the name of the company. So so for me, I I think if they do it right, it will work. But of course, there's that's the same process when you when you start a business, when you do digital marketing, if you want to sell a business or buy a business, there's a right way to do it and there are mistakes to to fall into and so yeah if they get the right people to support them and doing the right things i guess facebook are like they have been on a high for a while so i guess they are in a place where it's always this danger of something going wrong and, and their reputation being more more hurt and and them going down but i don't want to i don't want to be a fortune teller for this what do you think <laughs> I, I think it's I think it's irrelevant if I'm perfectly honest. I, I don't think it matters that they've changed it because nobody talks about Alphabet when we talk about Google. It's still Google. They have many, many brands that sits underneath Alphabet, but we don't talk about it. So I, I think it's a structural change for them. And I think internally, I think, Joe, you, when you mentioned internal comms, I think they've possibly struggled with that and they want people to know you work at Meta rather than you work at Facebook. So there might be some internal brand um, considerations there. But I think for the for the general public, for the rest of us, I think it's irrelevant. Other than I do see this as the equivalent to sticking the, the United States flag in the moon when they landed because they're trying to claim the metaverse before that's even really been properly developed. They're saying that belongs to us. And um, we'll see a lot of fighting over that space. Um, in the coming years, and um, ultimately, they've they're going to argue they've moved in there first because of the name. I, th I think as well, you know, looking at it from from not really a marketing perspective, but certainly looking at it from um, you know just a public awareness perspective, is that you know the, the Facebook's had quite a quite a hard time, you know, over the last um, you know number of years, um, purely because of you know the, the press, you know, and of course of You've seen Zuckerberg up in front of, uh, you know, uh, Congress, and there's there's been a lot of uh, scrutiny over Facebook and you know how they they use their, uh, you know, even with um, uh, Cambridge Analytica and how that all came out and all the scandals and various other things that have came out over the years. So I think this rebranding, you know, will, will probably set the tone that they're wanting to put, draw a line under that, move on, and and make sure that. Uh, as you say, that, that they're focused firmly in the future, you know, in the, that metaverse space, uh, Fraser, I think that's absolutely spot on. So I think it it, it solves a couple of problems from them from a branding exercise, but, uh, you know, Joe, what, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I don't think the end user will care um, <laughs> at all, um, but I do, it's just, a, it's a positioning exercise, isn't it? It's a kind of statement of intent for the future. Fraser's right, it's a structural thing. It's a, it, it's a well-timed way to distance themselves from, you know, there's a lot of talk now about how they're using the algorithm to push negative content. There's talk about competition laws in America. There's so, you know, this is, it, it, it's well-timed, it's, it's clever, but ultimately the end user doesn't care. No. Yep, yep, yep. No, I don't, I, don't, I don't think they do, do they? Um, it's a so, beautifully executed brand, I might add. It's really nice. I like what they've done. It looks great. Um, so they've done a cracking job, as you would expect from <laughs> from a company like Facebook. And and Paul, you mentioned you know some of the troubles that they've went through. That that's always going to be there for these businesses, and um, mm -hmm. for the likes of your Amazons and your Facebooks and all these big tech companies, they're going to be they're 
they're the oil companies, they're the tobacco companies. There was always a villain. And it was normally a sector-based villain rather than an individual business. And big tech, as much as big pharma will probably join them or continue to be up there with them, they're just the, the modern day villains that we like to, to point at to say they're behaving in a way that is amassing a huge amount of wealth and they shouldn't be. And the conversation is more about whether they should or shouldn't rather than actually what's happening. Um, so that will continue and no amount of rebranding will change that. And um, the only thing that will change it is if the US come in and split up these businesses. And I can't see it happening. I don't think they'll ever split up Google or Facebook. Um, but I think we'll talk about it a lot. I don't think it'll ever happen. <laughs> So, so I guess that leads us on to, you know, um, is, is there any sort of learning lessons, hints and tips over all, all the years of experience there, Maria, that you've got that would uh, would help our, our listeners? Well, I think it's it's really interesting to think about the end goal also when you start a business. And this goes yeah. together with marketing, it goes together with relationship building, it goes to, to together with thinking about quitting your own business or selling it in the end is to be really aware of the internal culture that you are building, like we talked about in the beginning, and the relationship you talk with your clients. Because Petrerik, my partner and me, we started our business just being the two of us. So in the beginning, our relationship was Petrerik and Maria all the time. And and but then we thought like, maybe we, we are going to sell our business and we want other people in and we want other people to serve our clients. And then we, we started to think about the end goal and just getting the right people in place and doing the marketing and the branding of the company as an organization with more people, because that makes it more um, more stable and, and more fit to be on. And also, of course, our exit possibilities much better. So, so I do think that many entrepreneurs, I'm not sure if that's so true in your sector, but they, they start to, with too small thoughts, like they can think bigger yeah. in the beginning and actually start taking action from those big visions already in the beginning, because you will do so many things structurally about your, your values, about how you talk to your clients, that will make you able to have more like choices in the end, no matter what you choose to do. Yeah, I mean, I I speak to 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 entrepreneurs quite a lot. I'm fairly lucky in that way, you know. And the the you know they've got a lot of ideas like that. And and sometimes when you when you then start scaling that up, they 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 then go, oh, you know, they're overwhelmed with that thought initially. But you 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 let it stew with them for for a week or so, and then they come back and they've got even grander ideas. And I and I love seeing that spark turn into a real fire, you know, a real. Uh, passion for for uh, moving into that next phase and 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 the possibilities you know really expanding the mind and that's a great point there Maria you know just get getting people to to really uh, expand that 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 mind as well Fraser I know that you're you're keen on on that space as well you know just you know what making sure that they they're aware of all the possibilities that that are actually there you know open up the mind yeah I think. I think it's important, and I think this came up in an earlier podcast that we've we've recorded, where entrepreneurs by definition are risk takers. They've taken risks all the way through. Yeah. Continue to do it because it, what it served you well at the beginning, it must surely serve you well at the end. And we do we speak to a lot of business owners, entrepreneurs who are looking to exit their business, and they're often quite cautious at the end. You think you were bold, you took risks to get to this point where we want your business. Don't stop now. Continue taking those kind of big, bold steps that feel a bit scary to most people, but you're going to do it anyway. 
um, because that's where the magic happens when you really, as you'd mentioned earlier, you really can step out of your comfort zone and start to try new things. We're certainly in the business of building people up, you know, and, mm -hmm. and I think that with with doing that, you know, you 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 really start seeing the real potential of, of people, you know, when you're building people up. And de absolutely right, you know, Fraser, it's 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 a real pleasure for for us uh, to be able to 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 be at that that end with entrepreneurs like that that are, you know, they they see the possibilities, and uh, and of course we're we're helping to, op to open doors there as well. All those possibilities can 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 help to happen and of course uh, Maria as you say you know marketing's a key part of that as well and having those key relationships um, Maria I, 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 we could probably talk all day um, but you, you've got you've got a few things coming up as well what what's on um, there's a few other you know podcasts and things that you've got coming up don't you yeah our we actually have a big big event for entrepreneurs selling information so it's maybe not your your niche audience but for people selling information we have an event where we teach people to scale businesses and even think about the big goals and all of the digital marketing um, and uh, the link to that is awesomeevent.com and then our webpage is awesome.com for people that want to know how to scale businesses and with their information so yeah that's where you can find me perfect and how, how can any business owners contact you they can send an email to me, maria at awesome.com, or they can go through our web page and find us there. Perfect. No, very much appreciated. Thanks very much for your time today, Maria. Uh, really appreciate it. I'm sure our listeners will take take a lot from that. And again, you know, thanks again to, to Fraser Kirk and Joe Eismont for joining us on the podcast today as well. Thank you. Thank you so thank much you. for having me. That was fun. Oh, thank, thank you. And that brings us to the end of another episode of The Selling Sessions. That was episode 29. Thanks again to Maria of Awesome Sales and Marketing, as well as Joe Eismont, Paul McGilvery and Fraser Kirk. It was another great episode that was supported and brought to you by Affinity Business Centre, our podcast host, Affinity Business Centre, which is a modern and affordable business centre based in the heart of Dundee up in Scotland. If you're in the market looking for great office space, check them out at affinitybusinesscentre.com.